three, two, one, let's have a parade! Annual tradition continues tonight with another review of an old Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah, I think this one is a special one, to be honest. This tonight is going to be our recap and review of the 1989 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. (laughs) Yes, and I gotta say, this year, didn't we lose Willard Scott? Weren't we, like, in the middle of a fucking Applebee's or something when that news broke? We, I were, we were together. We I, were at a horror con. We were at a I, horror I, con. I, You were getting, like, an autograph, and I went up to you, and I had to tell you the bad news. So I'm getting the autograph from the guy from Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, and you're with what girl was that? I was with the girl from Night of the Creeps. So the news comes on Twitter or whatever, and we're both looking at our phones, and then we turn, and I see you walking towards me. I'm like, this is going to be about fucking Willard. It was not cool, but I figured, hey, let's talk about this now. That way, it's only going to get better from here. Let's just go for it. Tonight's episode of the Purple Stuff Podcast is dedicated to the memory of Willard Scott. There you go. Absolutely. And his uh, 13 quarts of matzo ball soup that he said he had before the show. Oh, God, him and his quips, man. (laughs) Just a fucking machine gun. It really is. So he was the host along with Deborah Norville. By the way, what is Deborah Norville? Like, what is she? Is she like, was she like a news person, entertainment night tonight person? Like a news anchory, broadcast journalist type of person. Well, God bless her. She did her best to keep up with Willard. She did. Okay, just for a little bit of context, it was a snowy day in New York. I think they said this was like the first time in 50 years that they had snow during the parade. They said it was like uh, 42 degrees below zero. Yeah, so it was a cold, big day. And this, honestly, like you were hinting at earlier, honestly, my favorite parade of all time. I think it had the most. We had Tom Turkey, the big turkey with the crazy eyes. With all the snow on him, he looked like Mr. Stay Puff dumped on him. It did look like that. You know, the snow actually looked like prop snow because it worked really well with everything. We need a Stay Puffed balloon or something, like a float. Like, it's New York. Man, you know, they don't always tip their hat with all of the balloons, so you never know. Maybe they'll work something in this year. Totally. That would be so awesome. You were going to start. You want to go for it, Jay? Yeah, let's kick it off right now and take you down to Herald Square. Small. When you need help, just call. 
going to kick it off with a band called The Jets, who were God. decently popular in the 80s. They had a few hit songs. I don't know if you remember. All right. So what was one of their songs? Because I, I had some questions on The Jets. Yeah. So one of the songs is I Got a Crush on You. I got a crush on you. I love that song. Who knew that it was by this band? Yeah, a group, whatever you would call them. So you have a band of this caliber who had some hit songs, and they come in on the famed rocket car that we've talked about on previous installments. We should do a whole show just on who came in on the rocket car every year because it's phenomenal. (laughs) Just on the sprays that we've covered, I can't remember the other two, the Skeleton Warriors. Oh, that's it. Yep. Yeah. The Skeleton Warriors, who are like these like lanky eight-armed skeletons, are just like floating <laughs> around on this silver car. But not in 1989, brother. 89, the Jets come in with none other than Chippendale Rescue Rangers. My and God. They get out of the rocket car and they start doing this whole choreographed dance and singing if you're like our age group you probably got home and watched the disney afternoons and chippendale rescue rangers was a big deal back then it was a big deal because correct me if i'm wrong the Gummy Bears and the DuckTales came before Rescue Rangers, but those also came before the Disney Afternoon. The Rescue Rangers was the first show that actually debuted during the Disney Afternoon. This was the signature show. I used to come home from school, get my snacks, and watch this show. You were a madman for Monterey Jack. You just wouldn't <laughs> shut up about him. You still don't. What would Monterey Jack do? <laughs> But it was a great theme song, and this was the extended version because the one that you would hear... <laughs> That's putting it mildly. Jesus Christ. You would watch these shows, and in the intro, you'd only get, like, what, like 30 seconds or whatever. So you didn't hear this version in the beginning of the show, which I thought was Wait a minute. The Jets actually did, like, the official theme, too? No, they didn't do the one that you heard on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, this guy, Jeff Pachetto did the one that you would hear on the show, but the extended actual like studio version is the Jets. Jeff Pachetto, you said? Or Peschetto? It could be Peschetto. Whatever the case, he's definitely a friend of Jeremy Fibonacci. (laughs) Wow, look at you and your deep research. You actually came prepared with not only this Jets info, but who did the original song. Good for you. (laughs) My props to you. I appreciate that, but that's not even the best part. They stop and they like run in place and they're doing all these little dances and running in circles. It's really good. And I started to think to myself, we can make it into an organized like fitness routine. We get a couple other people and maybe a couple of um, people in like furry costumes and then we record it and sell it as like a fitness routine, almost like DDP yoga, right? It's funny that you're taking this kind of track with this, because when I watched that dance, and I hate to be so crude, you know, it's not usually my style, but we had a name for that dance when I was a kid, the pee-pee dance. (laughs) It's when you had to fucking piss. (laughs) That's what they're doing. They're like just running in place and holding Well, it was freezing cold out. It was was freezing cold. You're right. The the freezing cold dance does have a lot in common with the pee-pee dance. You're right. (laughs) The rocket car doesn't have any heat. (laughs) It sure fucking does. It doesn't even have a fucking roof. (laughs) (laughs) 
27 fantastic degrees, 150 degrees in our hearts. What a day it is for a parade. I suppose it had to have Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade has been invaded by an alien life form or some form of life. His name, of course, is Alf, and he claims to be 233 years old. Alf, old boy, you don't look a day over 230 to me. Thanks, Willard. I'm trying to look good. <laughs> hey, you're from the planet Melmac. Do they have a Macy's on Melmac? They don't have a Macy's. No, they don't. No. That Thanksgiving celebration? Well, we call it Papiano, and it involves uh, wearing your underwear on the outside. But uh, other than that, it's the same. <laughs> well, what's the biggest attraction for you in this parade? What wouldn't be a certain feline, would it? Well, that's the reason I'm here. So we mentioned that Willard Scott and Deborah Norville hosted the parade, but there was actually a third host, Jay. Okay. Let's talk about Alf. Ha! Ha! You do such a good... I can't even come close. I don't even know why I tried to follow you up. Jesus Christ. Teach me the ways of the Alf laugh. What do you do? Well, you see, Matt, let me uh, tell you how to do an Alf impression. I, I, that, that's a bomb. Okay. No, you, you see, you always follow up your Alf impressions with, no, that didn't work. Like, and meanwhile, no, all yeah, I'm hearing from you, you're, you're fucking Gordon Shumway right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Alf, like, hosted the show, basically. He was the lifeblood of the entire parade, literally there live, chilling out in a window of a building right above the parade route. So, like, all through the parade, he would tell you about what you just saw or what was coming up next. It was amazing. Hey, Willard. <laughs> Let me try it one more time. Huh! <laughs> That's better. It's fa- it's not quite there though. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Alf. I mean, we were talking about Willard's quips earlier, but man, Alf was just full of them. He was on fire. Yeah. Full of cat jokes. Just absolutely 100% on brand. He's going through his like Alf shtick there with no parlor tricks. This is literally live television. This isn't like a pre-recorded thing that they're kind of like cutting to. He is there in snowy-ass Manhattan on Thanksgiving morning. Here's the fat cat that I've been waiting for. Garfield the Delicious. <laughs> now this is the sixth time this tabby has stalked down Broadway in Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And if my plans work out, it'll be his last. <laughs> he's in like a window. So he's in a building that's probably heated, right? Yeah, but I mean, like, think about if this was done in 2021. They're like, oh, and now we have a special guest. Here's Alf to tell you about what's coming next. And they'll cut to this thing that was shot in Hollywood three weeks prior. This is fucking Alf in New York on Thanksgiving morning. That's amazing. You know that, what's his name, uh, Paul Fusco or whatever his name is, is like... Paul Fusco? The the guy that did the uh, the Rescue Rangers theme? That's Jeff Pachetto. (laughs) Jeff Pachetto. (laughs) Jesus Christ, you and these paisans tonight. Give it a rest. So he's under the window puppeteering, but he's also doing the voice. He's just like a Jim Henson kind of guy. Well, it's amazing because you think back to all the stories you've heard since the show ended about what a nightmare it was to produce it. Yeah. And I'm just imagining the team that had to do this on Thanksgiving morning. Like, oh, my God. It was surprisingly in sync. What a risk. (laughs) Because they don't just go to ALF once or twice. He is there before every commercial break. So they caught to him 
10, maybe even like 15 times. Country singer Clint Black, comedian Buddy Hackett, and the biggest turkey you ever saw next to Ishtar. Ah, ah, yum, yum. If you're a kid watching this in 1989 and ALF is there the whole time, you are not going to stop watching that parade. Oh, no, you want to keep seeing Alf, but for the most part, he's pretty much just, like, playing it straight. There's, I mean, there's some cat jokes, like you said, but... Coming up next. Yeah, it's like, it's Alf Cronkite. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite moment, though, it's, like, right after he gets introduced, um, there was this, like, group from Hawaii. Wait, is introduced a word, or is it introduced? (laughs) Oh my god, I knew I knew when it was coming out. I'm like, introducted. I might have to run a pickup on that one. Yeah, right after he was introduced, he commentates over this group from Hawaii. They're doing like a chicken dance. Did you see this? Oh yeah, I did. That that was out of control. Right, so usually like they have these groups in their normal marching bands, maybe like cheerleaders, whatever. This time, it's like 30 people in chicken mascot costumes (laughs) clucking and bucking up and down 42nd Street. (laughs) And they cut back to Alf just so they could show him with his, like, jaw hanging open. Like, what the fuck am I watching? (laughs) He's salivating. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The other thing I noticed is that when he was talking, he had his own little microphone. And the mic, it seemed like he ate the microphone off of, like, the actual mic part of it was, like, gone. Did you notice that? I can't say I did. I was too taken with the fact that he was wearing, like, this, like, beige windbreaker. I'm like, that actually works for him. Coming attractions include Dixie Carter, Terry Lester, Fred Travelina, and of special interest to me, that tall, skinny cat, the Pink Panther. Yum, yum. Wow, everybody loves the play. Look who I just found. Betty, Archie, Chughead, Veronica, Mr. Weatherby. The guys from the Archie comics are here. Everybody's come up to see the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Next up for me, Matt, is the Archie gang. Well, you got balloons, you have floats, but there's also characters that walk around. So you could see like clowns. And most of them don't get featured. It's it's almost like it's a little gimme to the, the live crowd. It's like a little bonus. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. So for many years, they had the Archie Comics characters, but they had these ginormous heads that were like these big masks, right? They're like normal sized, thin people wearing normal clothes. And then they have these giant, giant Archie heads. Yeah, like caricatures, but very accurate to the comics. Like it looks like they jumped out of the pages of the comic. But at the same time, they're pretty menacing in real they life. They are because they're stuck in like, a you know, the thing your parents would say, like, oh, don't keep your face that way or it will freeze. Right. Like, that's what they look like. Yeah. They're all and they're all like in the most <laughs> exasperated poses. Like Archie's eyes are the size of fucking plates. <laughs> yeah. Their eyes are like huge and their mouths are agape. Yep. So Deborah Norville standing in front of the Archies looks over to the side. And she says, guess who's coming down the damn street, right? It's the fucking Nestle Quick Buddy. Try to remember. Try to remember. 
So she says, the bunny from the quick Nestle. Right up there, it's the bunny from the quick Nestle. Um, the quick bunny mix. She completely loses herself trying to introduce the quick bunny. She didn't know who it was. I'm <laughs> like, how do you that, not know? That's that's the the bunny, for the, the 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 tricks rabbit bunny yeah. from the the marshmallow something. <laughs> You could see that she's realizing she's fucking up and she's on live television. <laughs> and by the time she finishes that statement, it's it literally sounds like a deflated balloon. We're live, Norville. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Jughead's right behind her throwing up gang sides. This is like a fucking amazing parade. But here's the shit part of it. The quick bunny gets like, I'm not kidding, like three seconds of screen time. Boom. Cut to Tom Turkey. I'm like, you son of a bee. Well, that's because the director's like, cut out of this, cut out of this. But he meant cut out of Norville, not the fucking quick rabbit. He didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> cut her mic, he meant. I just think it's great that we have single-handedly made the quick bunny a national symbol of Thanksgiving across the world. Yeah, the, the big fucking nutcracker quick rabbit. Quick, 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 quick rabbit. <laughs> So, that was my Deborah. That wasn't me fucking up. That was my Deborah impression, I swear. So everybody's got to have an old canister of Nestle's Quick on their uh, Thanksgiving table. Yeah. How about those Archies? Super City of the Marvel Comics Universe comes to life right out of the comic book. The metropolis looms over the parade here. There's the eerie house of Doctor Strange with his explosive underground lab. Another force of doom. Doctor Doom is lurking, but we know that yes. the Incredible Hulk and Wonder Woman are going to triumph. Captain America, this fantasy float is furnished by Marvel Comics and the leading lady of the Marvel Universe is Melvin Moore, who's just holding out for a hero. Oh, Wonder Woman, you're more. Yeah. Where have all the good men gone and where are all the guards? Where's the streetwise Hercules to fight the rising odds? Isn't there a bright night upon the fire steed? Late at night I've talked and I've turned and I dream of Okay, so we've talked about the Marvel Comics float at the Macy's Parade a few times before. It's yeah. a classic. They went back to it several times in the 80s. I think maybe they did it in the early 90s too. This float was covered in costume characters and the float itself, how do you describe this? It's. Do you remember the Toy Biz Daily Bugle playset? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah, I could see that. Now, for the several years that this float was in action, they kept it fresh by rotating the live performances that happened on it. Mm. And some years were better than others. Like, I think a year or two before this, I don't know if we talked about this on the show, we might have. They had, like, these, like, little kids singing this really fucking sad song, and it just was totally incongruous. Not in 1989, though. Melba Moore. Melba Moore singing... I'm holding out for a hero. I need a hero. Now that is a song that fits the superhero theme, Jay. Totally. 
And this girl, Melba, Jesus Christ, she went all in on that performance. She was all over the float, too. The heroes were just pulling and pushing her all over the place. Like, they were passing her around like a fucking ball, Jay. <laughs> I know. That <laughs> that was the weird thing, though, that struck me, is that usually when you see one of these floats, like, the action is happening separate from, like, who's ever singing. There were parts where, like, she's getting lifted by the arms <laughs> up through <laughs> to a second floor of the float by, like, Captain America and Daredevil. Yeah. It's wild. Doctor Strange and White Queen are there, and they're doing magic to her. She like, There's all kinds of stuff that's going oh, God, on. That's right. They are there. And this isn't a full list, but yeah, you had Spider-Man, the Hulk, Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom, Magneto, Wolverine, Daredevil, Captain America, White Queen. I think Power Man was there. Howard the Duck was there. No, he was not. <laughs> <laughs> and this is 1989, so this is like before anyone had the idea to try to like give a little extra cool factor to Marvel Universe characters in real life action. So they're super cheesy. It doesn't matter if the costumes are good. It's just knowing that they went all out. And I think the important thing to note in this year is that, you know, Batman was huge at that time and all the other companies were like trying to exploit their superheroes. And no, that's what true, was happening but what, what I'm getting at is that it took a while for Marvel to get that you had to kind of like... Um, make them a little more fresh and current and realistic. Yeah. So here it's like, it's very much like you went to a Toys R Us meet and greet and met like Dr. Strange. <laughs> That's the kind of costume we're dealing with. It works. <laughs> I'm just saying it's different from what we're used to now. True. And uh, one thing I definitely have to add here, through most of Melba's performance, the superheroes keep doing this like standard ready for action pose. You know what I'm talking about. It's like the one where you look like you're surfing, your knees are bent, you're a little bit oh, crouched. Right. Mm-hmm. So the problem there is that this is a bunch of grown men wearing tights. So, like, they do their pose, and Jesus fucking Christ, I could tell, like, what religion Captain America was just by looking at him. <laughs> the Marvel Cinephalic Universe, Jack. <laughs> sings and the jolly old man from the North Pole arrives when we continue live on NBC. Okay, so before we get back to the parade, why don't we talk about some of the commercials that aired during it? Yeah, sometimes when you watch these back, like those are the things that really catch your eye because you're thinking, man, this is like a product that I haven't thought of in <laughs> 30 years. Yeah, it's true. There's such <laughs> great little windows to the past in ways that nothing else really is. And yeah. the parade in 1989, like we could do five shows just on the commercials. There were so mm. many good ones. Oh, man. Yeah. And it, and it sucks to, to leave some out, but we're trying to pick the best of the best. So what was one of your favorite commercials from this parade? I just said the best of the best, and that is the Top Gun promo. So 
Kelly McGillis. Top Gun, a special event Sunday. Taking you back to when a movie broadcast on television was like a giant deal. On Thanksgiving holiday weekend, that was always a huge thing. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, and there's like a fucking truck the size of the fucking float right outside my window right I now. I was going to say, is that you? I didn't know if that was by you or if it was happening like in my head. My mind was playing Diesel's theme song. What the fuck is going on out there at 10 o'clock at night? Kevin Nash, are you outside? (laughs) (laughs) Too sweet. (laughs) So I even had it on VHS when it came out. And we're like, we still got to watch it no matter what. Of course. No, (laughs) that was the thing. And it's actually very explainable because it was the camaraderie, knowing that other people were watching the same thing you were. Exactly. And I don't care what anybody says about the movie. I loved it. I still love it. And it's just a chance for me to again say that I have seen Maverick Top Gun 2. I'm one of the 50 people that have seen this movie. (laughs) You went to the special screening, right? Yeah, yeah. You were the 100th caller on Z100. (laughs) (laughs) I had the phrase that pays. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So tell me about one of your favorite commercials from this show, Matt. Sure will, Jay. Thanks for the setup. They said it wasn't humanly possible, but now you can have all the power and excitement of Nintendo right in the palm of your hand. Introducing Game Boy. It's portable, it's in stereo, and its games are interchangeable. Plus, Game Boy comes with the outrageous new game, Tetris. And for head-to-head competition, use the revolutionary video link and blow your opponent away. Game Boy, only from Nintendo. Now you're playing with power, portable power. This was, I believe, the first Game Boy commercial. This was the one where you had that, like, Robocop guy playing Battle Tetris or whatever with the kid. Were you not going to bring this up on our robot show, or did you bring it up? I don't know. Oh, my God. Did I fucking bring it up on the robot show? I don't know, but it's a great chance for us to say, listen to the robot show, because I love that episode. You have actually done callbacks to the robot show like five times now you oh what was so special about the robot show i just love robots yeah i'm telling you i'm like i don't remember anything especially fucking outrageously oh good come from on episode, you talked just... about the heap guy from star wars cartoon oh the great heap the, yeah. yeah and paulie from rocky four come on everyone just stop listening to this parade review right now go back and listen to the robot show exactly anyway so that commercial for game boy The robot guy, or whatever he's supposed to be, Terminator, like he looks like Rob Halford became a blacksmith. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's a point where he's playing, but it looks like he's like doing a robot dance for like, yeah, he's a little quirky. Yeah, yeah, right? (laughs) Alfonso Ribeiro or something. This fucking robot fucking Terminator Robocop who's sitting out in an alien desert, he's like shimmy shaking while he's playing Tetris. It's like, man, you're really feeling this, aren't you? Yeah. I want to feel it too, man. Let me plug into your Game Boy. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they were talking about, the revolutionary video link. I didn't have friends, so the, I didn't ever have a use for the video link. But yeah, it looked pretty amazing. If only fucking alien Robocop zapped into my bedroom to challenge me. <laughs> 
must have been cold there in my shadow to never have sunlight on your face you were content to let me shine that's your way you always walk one step behind you ever know that you're my hero everything I would like to be now I can fly Matt, my next one is going to be a tough sell, I think. It is The Dragon and the Horse Float, and it had the actress Dawn Lewis from A Different World. A show I used to watch religiously. I actually really liked Dawn Lewis on that show, so happy to see her here. I used to watch it because I was in love with Marissa Tomei. Oh my god, I forgot that she was on that. Right, right. So Dawn Lewis is singing a song that was very overplayed at the time which was called Wind Beneath My Wings. And at first sight, this is not a float that I would want to watch in any way, shape, or form at that age. Yeah. This is a bathroom match for me. I'm I'm going to play with my action figures. Yeah, this is the come down match for sure. This this, (laughs) this came on after Chip and Dale fucking came out of the silver car or some shit. Everybody nowadays, you know the songs from like Taylor Swift or Adele or whatever, they get like played incessantly and you hear them all the time. And back then, Bette Midler's Wind Beneath My Wings was that song. It was everywhere, even without context. Like, for instance, why the fuck is Don Lewis from Different Worlds standing in a dragon singing Wind Beneath My Wings? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The reason why I hated this song is because they played it all the time. And in music class, we had to sing like every week, Wind Beneath My Wings. And like, you had to sing, th- Wind no, not me, the-, the whole class. It was but like music class. It doesn't matter, Jay. It doesn't matter if there's 500 people singing it. You with that fucking baritone trying to sing this song, <laughs> like me, <laughs> maybe. You, <laughs> you are the wind. But imagine me having to sing third phase of her career, Bette Midler, oh, as a man. child. Oh, God. A, yeah, this is the worst thing of my life. And I had to do it every week. I wanted to throw up. <laughs> it was like the regurgitation <laughs> reflex that people have. For me, that it's that song. So I could just picture you in fucking class every time this teacher tells you you're about to do the Bette song. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I, that, that's an exaggeration. <laughs> but yeah, I know you <laughs> So I hated the song with a passion, right? Now, would it have been different if it was like Madonna or Debbie Gibson? Maybe. But anyway, Dawn Lewis did a great job. And she's belting it out on this dragon. And we're back on the float thinking, what the fuck is going on, right? Yep. And so then you're looking around the float. And then to the right of Dawn Lewis, you see this guy who is acting like a conductor, 
but he's dressed as a Grim Reaper. What the fuck? <laughs> Why? Why on earth was he there? What? Po- like, look, look, we're not entirely cultured. Is there some aspect to that float or that song that called for this person? Because holy shit, he is practically fucking hand in hand with Don Lewis. It's all you can see. And he's snapping his fingers to the song. Yeah. yeah. And, and then he's conducting like a symphony that is not there. There is no way to explain why this fucking classy ass Don Lewis performance had the goddamn Taskmaster on there. <laughs> what is the dragon and the horse? Because maybe there's a story about, you know, a Grim Reaper in this dragon and the horse Fairy well, I would, I would fucking have to hope so. Why the hell else would he be there? What did they fucking look at a, the storyboard and say, you know what this needs? A random skeleton man. We need a skeleton man who is also a conductor. We got Don Lewis, a dragon, a horse. Go down to Lincoln Center. See if you can get a conductor. Dress him up as the Grim Reaper. <laughs> this will be perfect. This has almost everything I need, but it could use a skeleton conductor. Yeah. <laughs> The more likely answer to all of this, the explanation, would be that at some point in the future, before you die, you figure out how to invent a time machine. And you're like, you know what? Just to F with everyone, I'm going to go back in time to the Thanksgiving Day Parade and put a Grim Reaper conductor. Got news for you. That's fucking me in that yeah. suit. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> You always walk one step behind. We don't give gifts for Thanksgiving, but this is my gift to you for Thanksgiving, the Grim Reaper Conductor. I love this gift. This was, I mean, look, nothing's going to top the fucking quick bunny interrupting what's-his-face singing that song. But this comes close, because when people watch this, they're going to be like, huh, why on earth? Is yeah. that thing next to Don Lewis? <laughs> There's going to be a whole cadre of uh, characters up for Thanksgiving at some point. There's going to be like the NWO of Thanksgiving. Yeah, this is definitely the, the latest, the latest to join the NWO. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, we are, we got the guy who sings the song. We got the Nestle Quick Bunny. We got the Grim Reaper conductor. I mean, who else is going to join? He's going to put the black in the black and white, Jay. <laughs> What's up, yo, doc? Is this the place for the party? Sounds tuned to me. To the wabbit of Burbank, here's to you for the dude who made history. Have you seen any old wabbit? If you call it, you seen any old loony tune. To the bunny that bought from coast to coast, to the king of that fountain, you. We love you, but you Okay, Jay, this is it. This is the single cheesiest thing I think I've ever seen at any Macy's Parade. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) This is the insane Looney Tunes float that was in celebration of Bugs Bunny's, I think it was his 50th anniversary. 
You know, it sounds crazy to think of it was his 50th back then. That means he's what now? Like 100? Gotta be. Like two, 300 maybe. Yeah, he's a fucking old rabbit. <laughs> so if you picture an SNL skit about a corny parade float, I guarantee you that no matter how far you take that image, this tops it. It is balls to the walls, nutty, Jay. Yeah, absolutely. So the float, it kind of looks like an extra cartoony version of like a Warner Brothers studio store. It looks like a floating Warner Brothers store, yeah. Yeah, and naturally there are costume characters all over it. You had Bugs, you had Yosemite Sam, Sylvester, Daffy, the whole lot of them. And if I stopped there, we'd be okay. But then they add this group of singers and dancers, and Christ, Jay, it was like someone looked at the Mouseketeers and wondered what it'd be like if they were all 20 years older and dressed like extras from Save by the Bell. It is fucking <laughs> insane. <laughs> that's very. That's a very good observation, yeah. God bless them. They're just doing their jobs. But in this case, their jobs involved doing the like Elaine dance from Seinfeld while making goofy faces. It is <laughs> insane. It was almost like Kids Incorporated. Very much so. <laughs> but I mean, the kids are 45 and it's fucking it's, it, like I'm poking fun, but these people knew what their role was. And I'm sure when the camera stopped rolling, they all had a big laugh about it because like it is so obviously corny. Yeah, they probably look back at it and show their kids, and they're like, oh, we're going to watch this again, Ma? <laughs> yeah, like, how could I describe, like, the, from the way their hair is done to the clothes they're wearing? You ever, like, go through an old Sears wish book in the clothing section, like, oh, my God. Yeah. It's sort of like that feeling. Yeah, because it's almost like quintessential stereotype of the 80s. Yeah, because I think, like, one of the male singers, he's wearing, like, this nylon blue jacket that had, like, purple squares on it or something. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, that's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> but this song that was about Bugs Bunny's anniversary, it's weirdly catchy, I have to admit. Yeah, it's like a rap song. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> And they even got uh, Willard Scott to do the Porky Pig, that's all, folks. Oh, at the end, yeah. The free bucket head, just like I said. The D, the D, the D, that's all, folks. (laughs) Trying to do Porky Pig, but he wound up sounding like Woody Woodpecker. (laughs) 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 You got to give him points, though, with this, because like you said, the float, I mean, this float was probably like $80,000 at that time. It was amazing. It was a really good float. I mean, look, it's it's corny and it's cheesy, but that's what we love about these parades now and then. The Roadrunner was on like a spinner thing. And at that time, when you're talking technology of Roadrunner spinners, that was like the highest technology you can get. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, my assumption was that they hired Lucasfilm to do that. <laughs> ILM. <laughs> Take a lift off this lot tonight. Come on, Tweety Bird, clap your wings. Tell that old big Sylvester cat. That is Bugs' anniversary. Here's for the whole wide world. For all the things I want. One song will shine tonight. My song is you. Happy birthday, Buck! This one's for the children. The children of the world. This one's for the children. 
This is the New Kids on the Block performance. They do a lot of con jobs in the Thanksgiving Day Parade. So when you're a little kid, they say, coming up on the Thanksgiving Day Parade, and they start listing people. Coming up next is the New Kids on the Block, and they don't come on to like 85 minutes later. Coming up next, New Kids, and then you come back next, and it's fucking Don Lewis and the Grim Reaper. <laughs> that's, that's not the New Kids, unless they got fucking Donnie in that suit. Yeah, like Telly Savalas? Come on. <laughs> Telly Savalas? <laughs> He's not new. <laughs> He's not a kid. <laughs> so for me, it's just a chance to talk about how I love the new kids on the block <laughs> and that they were a big deal because they got primo spot on top of that float. You do love these new kids. You've brought them up a couple of times on different episodes of the show. You're like a big new kids guy. You still um, are, I think. Yeah, I'm a fan. But anyway, so the first commercial break, they tout new kids on the block coming down the parade route, and they bill them as the hottest teen vocal group in the country. Let's say, as an example, maybe it would be like BTS or I don't know. I don't even know bands now. Like, that's all I got. I don't even know who BTS is. I thought you were going to tell me something about the behind the scenes of the parade. (laughs) Who the fuck is BTS? Sounds like a fucking stable from NXT. (laughs) So it's the common Thanksgiving parade swerve to hook you in for like the whole show. And then you're bored as hell and you go off reading a comic book and then they come on and you miss half the performance anyway. I went back to check and you're not exaggerating. It literally was the first commercial break where they started hyping them up. And keep in mind, there are like 87,000 commercial breaks. The new kids come up. I think it's like right before Santa Claus. So they're at the tail-ass end of the parade. Exactly. And they're singing a song from their Christmas album called This One's for the Children. Just wanted to say that because, man, we are inching our way to the Christmas season. We are. And, uh, you know, I'm glad you brought up that song because, oof, I know the new kids do some slow, sappy stuff and their fans love them. But, wow, this one? Jeez, Jay, it sounds like a late-stage Michael Jackson song. I don't not like it, but it's obviously not one that I'm going to be doing that choreographed pee-pee dance to. (laughs) Definitely, and I don't know how you would. I mean, this is the kind of song you hear during a telethon to save dogs. Did you notice that there are certain points where the new kids forget that they're supposed to be singing along to that track? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, I can't remember. It. What's that guy's name? Jordan? Jordan. Danny? Yeah, I think it's yeah. Jordan. But yeah, he's he totally singing. He's yeah. stone-faced and waving, and like the song is totally fucking still going. Oh, yeah. What are the other guys doing? Donnie's at least faking it. You know, the other guys are just standing around. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually like there's two active new kids and then the rest of them are just like, um, you know what? Fuck this. No one's still watching. People are eating dinner already. Yeah, It's, it's like, fucking cold. We've been on this float for three hours. I'm just trying to get some turkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You tell me the new kids on the block are hot. There are some teenagers in the stands. I'm about to hold you down. You know it was good. <laughs> the New York City All Stars. 
Hey America, happy Thanksgiving, get a load of this face, talk about white meat, I just saw a turkey, it was Batman, hey Willard, nice outfit, <laughs> there's always a joker in the deck, there's always a cardboard clown, <laughs> The poor laughing fool falls on his back And everyone laughs when he's down Especially Batman! <laughs> Always a funny man! Well, we've talked about him before more than once But how are we supposed to talk about the 1989 Macy's Parade Without mentioning Fred Travelina's stunning turn as the Joker? <laughs> oh, you and Fred Travelina. I'm sorry, I know, like, this is, like, the fucking 10th time I've brought it up, but I love it. It's probably my favorite moment from any Macy's Parade. I think I like this even more than the He-Man floats from 85 and 86. What? I'm sorry. It's fuck out of here. No, it's, it's, look, we're going to get into the details here. Fred Travelina, he's like this, uh, well, he was, like, he's he's gone now, but he was, like, this comedian, impressionist, magician sort of guy, right? Yeah. Not super famous, but he made his mark, and he used to be a fixture at Macy's parades. Because this dude would do anything. Like, if they wanted him to dress like a frog and do, like, fucking Madonna impressions, he'd just fucking get out there and do it. So here, he's the fucking Joker. And I don't mean, like, generalized comic book Joker. He is doing the 1989 Jack Nicholson Joker. Yeah. He used to do a Nicholson impression, so it's like, all right, Batman is really popular right now, so let me capitalize on it. So this is based on the scene from Tim Burton's Batman where the Joker stages a parade so he can mm-hmm. gas everybody. So they literally made a parade float based on the scene where the Joker kills people who are watching a parade. Me? I'm giving away free money. <laughs> and where is the Batman? <laughs> Could you imagine them trying to do anything like this in 2021? Like, say you're a seven-year-old kid back then and you've seen Batman... And there comes the Joker throwing fake money around, just like he did in the movie. Wouldn't you flip out thinking you were about to die? How did they let this happen? Well, that's what I'm saying. No, but I mean it in a different way. I'm talking from a legal perspective. That's copyright infringement. So you got Fred as the Joker singing this song. But he's doing bits as De Niro and the Governor and all this shit. Yeah. So it's Fred Travelina dressed as Jack Nicholson's Joker <laughs> doing impressions of, like, Clint Eastwood. All yeah. while insulting Batman. Like, what the fuck is going on? This is oh, the greatest oh, moment go. in TV history. So that is one thing that I have to say. And I know how much you love it. I have a deep hatred for it. Like, a deep, deep hatred. You have a hatred for what? For this whole... Fred Travelina, Travis, the Travelina travesty. Oh my God, I'm holding my head in my hands. I can't believe. Well, I'm, I'm willing to sell your fucking winding path, Deborah Norville Archie shit, and you won't, you won't give me kudos on what is absolutely the greatest moment in any fucking Macy's parade. No, it's because when I was a kid, I was so highly offended by what he was doing. He was making a mockery of this movie and character and performance that I worshipped. If we're going to go down this path, you're a kid, you know the Joker's coming, and it ends up being fucking Fred Travelina. Yeah. A crummy commercial? 
Why is the Joker doing a fucking Robert De Niro? Who the hell is Robert De Niro? Oh, but like, oh, why is this the Joker, but not actually the Joker? <laughs> That's not the Joker. And who yeah. the hell is Fred Travelina anyway? <laughs> but I'm sorry. You watch this now, and it is just crystallized Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. This is everything we love about it. It really is. It's so over the top. It makes no sense. It's actually something that would never happen today but god bless everyone involved macy's nbc fred travelina the joker even though it was a lampoon on batman and that fred travelina clearly made an agreement with the devil i have to say that i like there's always a joker in the deck more than wind beneath my wings <laughs> thank you at least you'll give it that <laughs> There's always a Joker in the deck. Is There's that the always a Joker <laughs> in the deck. <laughs> By the way, he's another part of the fucking troop of uh, Thanksgiving Mass. Oh, shit, you're building. right. The fake Joker. Yeah, the Travelina Travis. So let's go through this. We got fake Joker. We got the Grim Reaper from the Don Lewis Dragon Float. Yeah. We have the Quick Bunny. Yep. Is there anyone else so far? The guy who sings, try to remember. Try to remember him. And I think maybe we can work. Try on to that. remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is his name? Maybe we could throw Barney in there too. Barney was a hit too. Yeah. I Barney. Barney. <laughs> well, we've gone off the rails, much like this float. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna move on. Care as long as there is a jester, just a fool, as foolish as he can be. <laughs> There's always a joker. That's the rule. Face tells the hand that I see. The joker is me. But what if it was De Niro? How you doing, Batman? How you doing? Or Arthur? I hate when that happens. <laughs> Or Eastwood, go ahead and make my dressing. Or Schwarzenegger, hello Batman, I blow you up. Or neighbors, golly, where does he get those wonderful toys? The Joker is me! Imagine a world beneath the sea with an enchanted McDonald's of pure fantasy where the little mermaid's friend Sebastian and Flounder the fish come to life to grant your holiday wish. Buy a $5 book of McDonald's gift certificates and get a free plush ornament, either Flounder or Sebastian. I always knew I'd be famous. From the all-new Disney animated feature, The Little Mermaid, now in theaters everywhere. So come to McDonald's, hurry along, like a true fantasy. It's you then, score Your holiday place, McDonald's. All right, Matt, we're going to do another round of commercials that we saw during the broadcast. Do you have one to share with us? I do, Jay. I think you knew that I did, though. <laughs> It'll come as no surprise to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> breaking the fucking wall here. Yeah. Um, another ad I wanted to bring up was the one for McDonald's. Now, they had a million commercials during the parade, but this one was for their Little Mermaid Christmas tree ornaments. I'm surprised you picked this. Are you surprised that I'm way into Little Mermaid plush ornaments? I am. First of all, McDonald's did a lot of these promotional ornaments back then. And I know that most of the internet nostalgia with McDonald's is on their Halloween stuff. They used to be just as good at Christmas. 
They were amazing at Christmas. Hell yeah. And they had a lot of ornament-based promotions. In this case, you would buy a book of gift certificates and you get a cute little flounder or Sebastian ornament free. And these were like little lightweight palm-sized plush dolls with hoops. They were really cool, though, Jay. I'm they sorry. They were cool. No, no, I don't know what. Cool. I don't know what you're missing. You're getting a fucking free crab doll from McDonald's. What more do I need to say? <laughs> I like that they were Christmas-themed, too. Very cool. They were wearing hats and scarves, right? I dig that. That reminds me of when they did, like, Muppet Babies, and it was, like, Christmas-style. Yeah, so you're down with the Muppet Babies, but... Oh, they, no, this I'm is, down this with this. Bridge... I didn't think you would be. That's all I was saying. Like, I love The Little Mermaid. Great movie. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I, I fuck the movie. It's, I, I don't care what the hell it's from. It's a crab. I like. I I love crustaceans. <laughs> now, Flounder, he can go fuck himself. See, but if, I see. If it's now, me too and they have Sebastian, then I want it. Now we're getting somewhere. I like when you could admit that you go big and then we start to get to the real crux of it. And I'm talking about the crux stations. <laughs> but no, I really do. I, I do know that you like these weird sea creatures. So I could see how that can relate. But you also have, which I think is, for me, the highlight of the commercial, is the fact that there's an animated undersea McDonald's restaurant. Oh, God, there is nothing. Nothing. On the floor of the ocean. There is nothing I love more than fictional McDonald's restaurants. There are a bunch of them all over pop culture, in movies, television, and in commercials. This is a fucking amazing one. Dude, a swim-up McDonald's? Like I Swim-up McDonald's! Yeah, if, oh I had, if I was not always trying to eat healthy, I would go to a swim-up McDonald's. Oh, my God. If they, they, couldn't you see one of those in Nassau? Even I would fucking go to the islands for that. <laughs> There's going to be one in Long Island. Oh, God. I don't even mean that <laughs> island. Now watch me waste the Macho Man with the claimed WrestleMania for the Nintendo Entertainment System. A leg drop, an elbow smash, a body slam. WWF WrestleMania from Acclaim. Oh, yeah, I want a rematch. So how about you? Did you have any other ads, Jay, that you wanted to talk about here tonight on the Purple Stuff Podcast? Oh, yeah, I did. The WrestleMania game for Nintendo Entertainment System by Acclaim. And this was a real quick commercial, but it always was very memorable because I felt they did a great job at capturing the professional wrestling fandom so big at that moment that getting that video game was a very monumental Oh, totally. It was, I used to play it all the time with my friends. It was like, you had to. We were all huge wrestling fans, and that was the only way, I think, at that point to really get involved with, like, WWF wrestlers, at least. Yeah, exactly. And I used to go over to my friend's house, and we would have like a bunch of people playing that game. It was a lot of fun. I didn't have Nintendo, but I always would think, man, that commercial is so cool. Great way to promote the game. You had a fucking Hogan's Heroes lunchbox, and you didn't have a Nintendo. Like, you had literally <laughs> everything else that was ever fucking created, ever, and you didn't have a Nintendo. I don't get it. I'm sorry. I just don't fucking get it. <laughs> well, you're so odd. You're an odd duck. <laughs> And you can't give me any fucking lines about how your parents wouldn't buy you one. Your dad fucking strung string throughout your whole house to send a fucking He-Man figure down it. I know you could have gotten one if you wanted it. <laughs> right, but I, I went for Master System, and I got Game Gear instead of Game Boy. Another mistake. It's true. It died after like a month. Yep. <laughs> like a piece of shit. Anyway, so <laughs> the kid's bedroom... 
is always what got me. So this, the kid's playing the video game in his bedroom. It was like the fucking bedroom version of the, what's that movie that I've never seen? The Monster Squad. Monster Squad, Squad. yeah, exactly. Like, you know, these yeah. kids have every fucking poster it, ever everything's made. Everything's, like, perfectly at an angle, so it yeah. looks like it was meant yeah. to be that they, way. They, they have professional yeah. hangers come in and put up all their garbage. Yes. <laughs> it's a great commercial, but I'm looking at all the shit in the background. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> incredible. Like, if yeah. you can think about... Uh, think back to like the old wwf magazine ads and how they like show a kid in his home environment like raising his arms every fucking piece of wwf memorabilia not just like the normal stuff that you can get at toys r us i mean like shit from the live shows is in that fucking bedroom his bed is like a wrestling ring i didn't notice that yeah it was really cool and there's another thing i was like really um zeroing in on this so let me see i'm gonna send you the commercial Okay. So if I send you something, can you pull it up? I totally can, Jay. It's within my magical capabilities to look at something (laughs) on the internet. I might have some difficulties, but (laughs) here, here we go. I want you to just pull it up and then we're going to look at it, scan through it together. Okay. Like a PowerPoint. (laughs) Okay. I have the picture up. Let me just get it. There we go. Okay. So when you... Look at the bottom left. There's a guy. Who is it? Oh, my God. It is Brutus, the barber beefcake. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) This is the best Christmas present you could have ever given me, Jay. I thought it was over. <laughs> I brought it back, baby. Oh, my God. And just before he said something that got him canceled for good, too. <laughs> We're a cutting and a strutting. The fact that you blew your chance to talk up Macho Man, who is kind of sort of technically in this commercial, give me a Brutus reference, that's friendship, dude. I was going to say, you know, there was Savage's voice, but he wasn't actually in it, so I figured... Not, not forget yeah. Savage, we're on Brutus now. It's all Brutus good. all the time. Uh, well, Brutus has got these shears. We could use them to cut our turkey. <laughs> yeah! Let's get to it. <laughs> <laughs> This has been our big Thanksgiving parade episode, and uh, I think you said, what was this, the fourth or? This is the fourth one we've done, and I gotta be honest, like, again, this probably is my favorite Macy's Parade, and thus this might be my favorite episode we've done on the Macy's Parades. Strong words. I mean, I don't know if we can beat uh, Try to Remember. No, we can't, but we had a lot going on tonight. Like, oh, Jesus Christ, we're gonna go through our picks in a sec, but pretty much everything we talked about was just amazing. Honestly, it is going to be tough to top this because there is so much going on. So let's go through it. Yeah, let's go through it. All right. I'm going to skip past the ads and just focus on your main picks. Okay. You brought up 
the <laughs> the Chippendale performance with the Jets on the silver chrome rocket car. Ch -ch 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 Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Man, I used to totally ship um, Chip in that fucking gadget, by the way. My first official ship, I think. I loved it when they like got a little romantic with each other. <laughs> I did. I fucking did. It was all about it. <laughs> you did the Archie float, which somehow segued into some other shit in there, too. The Quick Bunny. <laughs> the Quick Bunny. How could I forget? <laughs> I need to try to remember. To try to remember. You did... <laughs> Don Lewis from Different World and the fucking Grim Reaper performing <laughs> Wind Beneath My Wings on a dragon-themed float. <laughs> and you did the new kids on the block singing that song. <laughs> the dog telephone the song. <laughs> okay, wow, strong shit right there. Let's see, what am I going to go with? I don't know. Hmm. Gonna knock out the Archies. Okay. Gonna knock out Chippendale. Gonna knock out NKOTB. Because I gotta go <laughs> with Don Lewis wow. and that weird skeleton guy. That's a shock to me completely because I felt like that was my sleeper. Nobody's gonna care about this pick. There's just so much bizarre awesomeness in one spot here. And again, I am a fan of Don Lewis, so that helps. But... Yeah, Grim Reaper, especially the fact that he looks like the Grim Reaper from the old Tales from the Crypt movie. Yeah. <laughs> which you know I love. Like, it's yeah. literally him. It's him and Don Lewis. You love the Reapers. I do. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to pick from yours. You had the Marvel Comics float, which I really did enjoy. I like that one. I don't know. I need I a hero. I love the song, but I like the original better. You don't prefer the this, the Melba, this Melba, Melba, Melba toast version? Now, Mel, now, Melba's isn't as good, I don't think. Well, I mean, uh, in her defense, she had to fucking sing while Magneto's throwing her around. Float. <laughs> yeah, it was not not the best. Yeah. <laughs> then we had the Travelina Travesty. There's all, yeah, the Travelina Travesty, which I guess you're not picking because you've, as you reveal tonight, <laughs> you have a lot of fucking pent up rage about this. I. <laughs> It, it scarred me. Yeah. Then we've got the Looney Tunes 50th uh, Bugs Bunny birthday. Boom, 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 boom. Then we had Alf. I'm like you. I'm a huge Alf fan. You're actually probably a bigger Alf fan than me, and I was a huge Alf fan. I'm going to go between Alf and the Marvel Comics float. Melba versus Mel Mac. I think I'm going with Alf just because I love that bastard. Without him, this parade just loses its thread. He was the heart of the whole thing. He should have hosted the whole thing. Like, hey, Willard, step aside. So our champions tonight, yeah. Alf and Don Lewis. No, the Grim Reaper, I guess, gets top billing. The Grim Reaper section. conductor yes. who also snaps his fingers. Sweet. Interesting set of stuff tonight. Yeah, I'm so glad we're keeping up this tradition. This is quietly becoming maybe even my favorite show of the year to do. Of course, next month when we do our next show, I'll just say that one is. But <laughs> well, now, we, we already know it's not the robot show. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you and this robot show. I got to go back and listen to it. I don't know. Maybe you brought up some fucking thing that you just love that I completely forgot. I don't know. I don't... What the hell did you talk about on that show? I don't know. I just love robots. What you can do. I say? I'm telling you. <laughs> well, anyway, we want to thank all of you for supporting the show and being there for us all the time. 
It's a blessed thing we have here, Jay. We're very lucky to have the audience we do. Especially the ones that support us on Patreon. I was just going to say, we got a lot of great stuff going uh, on patreon.com slash purple stuff. So if you want to support the show, we have our monthly bonus show, which we love to do. It's always so much fun. Yep. And November's will drop pretty soon after Thanksgiving. So it'll obviously be holiday themes. Yeah, absolutely. So we hope that you enjoy the holidays and we will be back with another big show very soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I'm Jay from Sludge Central. I'm Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time. NBC's telecast of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade has been sponsored in part by Oshkosh for Gosh, kids clothes as tough as our name. By AT&T, the right choice. By the good time, great taste of your holiday place, McDonald's. And by Cotton Incorporated for America's cotton growers. Next, it's NFL Live with Bob Costas and O.J. Simpson. Then the Cleveland Browns take on the Detroit Lions in a special holiday game on most of these NBC stations.